right. So we are jumping into um, this matter of doctrine. And uh, tonight, instead of jumping specifically just right into one of the doctrines, we're going to kind of step back and give an overview of why. Why in the world do we, are we going through this? Why are we dealing with this? So you can flip over to Mark chapter number, or excuse me, Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7 is where we're going to be, and we're going to look at some familiar verses here. And at first, whenever we read this, you're going to be thinking, well, what? What does this kind of have to do with this? Um, but uh, you'll, you'll see here in just a moment. Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 24. The Bible says this, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, and the floods came, the wind blew, uh, and, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I figured we better just start right from the beginning and go back to whenever we were, you know, just kids, and we'd sing this familiar song whenever we were growing up. The wise man built his house upon the rock, right? And we'd sing the song, and, and then the foolish man, he'd build his house upon the sand. And as we all know, the wise man's house stood, and it was solid, and it was firm, and the foolish man's house went splat, okay? And so we, we know how, how the song goes, and it's very clear. And oftentimes, and, and this is, it's kind of interesting, because I was always taught that clearly we have to build our, build our lives upon Christ, because He's the rock, and if we don't build it upon Christ, then we're building upon the sand, and then everything falls apart. And while there is truth to that statement, as we always talk about in church, it's good to look at things in context and understand that that's not what Jesus was referring to here. Look at what he says there. It's interesting. Therefore, whoso heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Verse number 24. Look down at verse number 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. So whoever hears and does the sayings that he says are the ones that are on either the rock or on the sand. Now, what is the, the, the thing that he's, he's teaching? What's the things that he's talking about? Well, verse number 28 makes it clear. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Jesus was teaching. Jesus was giving doctrine. And he was saying, if you will follow my doctrine, if you will follow my teachings that I'm giving you, you will be established. It was doctrine that separated the foolish man from the wise man. Today, people in churches are slipping and sliding every different direction because they have no foundation. You, you won't, uh, you, you'll see them all, go all different, different directions and do all kinds of different things. And, and listen, the key is this. We don't stand upon being Baptist. That's, that's not our, our foundation, uh, though we are a Baptist church. We, we don't stand on having good music, though I'm thankful for the music that we have. We don't stand on being moral people. Um, however, all of those things are important. Um, 
And the truth is, is many churches, that is where they stand. They stand upon those things. Well, we're a Baptist, you know, and uh, I'm thankful that we're Baptists, but that's not our main thing. We're not, it's not, we're not uh, running around pumping our fists because we're quote-unquote Baptist, okay? Uh, we're not running around saying, well, come to our church because of the incredible music, even though, praise God, we've got good music. And it's not because, listen, our church is full of good people. No, for us to be a wise person and not a foolish person, we have to have solid Doctrine. Now, in that doctrine, obviously it does have to do with Christ, and we'll talk about that as well. And so Christ is part of that. So saying that we have to be built upon Christ is part of it. But what Jesus was saying here was not, build your life upon me. He was saying, build your life upon my teachings. Now, why is that important? Well, let's answer the question, what is doctrine? That's the first question tonight. What is doctrine? Well, doctrine comes from the Greek word, and I think you have it there in your notes, uh, didaskalia, okay? It means teaching and instruction. So what was Jesus saying? He was saying, if you obey, okay, if you listen, and you hear the sayings that I'm teaching, the sayings of mine, and you do them. So what was he saying? He's saying, listen, uh, the, the wise man will listen to the teaching and the instruction that I'm giving. He was literally saying, you will follow the, my doctrine. The teachings that I'm going to say. How do we know? Because in verse number 28, the people said that they were astonished at his doctrine or his teachings, his instruction. As we look at the doctrines of the Bible, we're looking at a set of teachings and instructions by which we base our beliefs upon. Okay, So there are numerous doctrines and teachings that we can discuss, but the primary doctrines that we will be diving into over the next coming weeks, we've got 10 of these, and so you can fill them out, okay? Bibliology, which is the study of the Bible. Theology, theo is a Greek word, theos. It literally means God, so we're going to do theology, the study of God. We'll talk about that. Christology, that's an easy one, the study of Christ, We'll study Christ. We'll dive into Him. And obviously, that's, that's so important in the world that we live in today. Pneumatology. Pneumos is the word for, is the Greek word for the Holy Spirit. So we're going to study pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. Ecclesiology. The study of the church. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church. So ecclesiology, the study of the church. Talk about that. Soteriology, now we're getting into some of these hard ones, okay? Soteriology, that's the study of salvation, our salvation. Soteriology, it's the study of our salvation. Anthropology, we probably have heard this before, it's the study of man. Hamartiology, this is another one, uh, the study of sin. Hamartiology, study of sin. Angelology, very simple, the study of angels. And eschatology, the study of end times. These are all studies that we're going to dive into in the weeks ahead. We're going to uh, look at these things individually and, and, and dive scripturally into what the Bible says about these things. And uh, we'll look at some historical aspects as well when it comes to regards to these things. But all of this together is going to help us to build our doctrine. doctrine. So why is doctrine important? Why is doctrine so important? Why is it vital for us to understand doctrine? Well, first of all, doctrine is under attack. Doctrine's under attack. 
That is the, the thing that, that is being attacked by everybody. Uh, whenever it comes to these, these teachings, you know, when it comes to the teachings of Christ, when it comes to the teachings of the church, when it comes to the teachings of sin and man and, and, and all of these things, they're under attack today. And, but it's not just happening today, it's happened since the time of Christ. You'll see there in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 14, says this, is that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, or every teaching, right, by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Because we're not going to be carried about by all kinds of teachings and all kinds of various things, all right? Uh, we're, we're, we, we need to be firm in it. First uh, Timothy 1, verses 3 through 4. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, Paul tells Timothy. Neither give heed to fables and English genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. So he tells Timothy, he says, listen, he said, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't allow them to go and teach all these other doctrines, all these other teachings. You know, go, go to them and, and, and make sure that they're teaching the right things. First Timothy chapter number four. Now the spirit expressly speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Here we go. So now we're, we're, I mean, we're dealing with, with, again, corruption of doctrine taking place in the last days. I mean, how, how clear is that? 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 1 through 3. I charge thee, Paul says to Timothy, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, Timothy, be instant in season, out of season, repro reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and Doctrine, he tells him, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They're going to be wanting all these different things, he says. He says, no, teach them the true doctrine, sound doctrines, because they're going to seek things and they're going to be led astray by all kinds of various doctrines. Not only that, but we see this secondly, doctrine divides, doctrine divides. Divides. We see that doctrine's under attack. Why is it so important? Well, it's under attack. But secondly, doctrine divides. Now, this is key. This is very important. Because one of the dangers today is that people often elevate things that are preferences to levels of doctrine. Don't forget, doctrine is a set of teachings and instructions by which we base our beliefs upon. So doctrine, by nature, divides. It's just what it does. What we do with Jesus and who he is should, will divide us from, from those that believe something different. What we believe about sin, it will divide us. What we believe about God and the Holy Spirit, those things will divide us. What we believe about how to be saved divides us. These are core doctrines. That's why we're going to cover these ten core doctrines. But if there are lights on a stage or whether there are lights on the stage or not, should not be a cause of necessarily division. What instruments are played in the worship time is not a doctrine. What the preacher wears is not a doctrine. Uh, these things are called preferences. Um, now, that doesn't mean those things aren't important. That's not what we're saying here. We're not saying that those things aren't important, because they are important. Obviously, they are important. But... There's a way to do things that honor uh, and, and glorifies and points to Christ and God, and there are ways to do things for man's glory. And so while these preferences are important, they should not be elevated 
to doctrine. For example, if a fellow pastor has uh, been a friend of mine for years and he suddenly changes his position on what he believes about Jesus and salvation, and he believes that it's Jesus plus baptism for salvation, well, I'm going to address it because that's doctrine. That's, that's, that's a matter that's worth separating over. That's, that's something worth, worth uh, dividing from because that's a core doctrine. But if a fellow pastor friend of mine and has been a friend for years and suddenly uh, he changes his position on music and all of a sudden he puts a drum set on the stage, I might disagree with it. I might say something to him or ask about his reasoning, but I don't have to divide from him because of that. Um, we, we are going to be able to identify on the same things when it comes. Now, I may not preach for him. He may not preach for me. We may not land in the same place of other things. But when it comes to the basics, when it comes to Scripture, we're going to be able to uh, have fellowship with one another because we identify the same when it comes to core doctrines. And so this is, this is important. There's a difference between doctrine and preference. Doctrines are set in stone and unchanging preferences often change with time and culture. That's why you can go to a different country and they will preach many of the same things that we will preach from the Word of God. And that's a good, that's a good way to look at and, and to really be able to, to judge, okay, is this a preference or is this a doctrine? Because if there is a, a church that's in the Philippines and maybe they dress differently than we do, or they sing songs differently than we do, and, and, and they may do, you know, have different instruments. Maybe they have no instruments at all. Maybe they use totally different instruments uh, up there. But if they preach from the Bible, and they preach the things that are true to the Bible, and preach the same doctrines, that, then you can tell what the differences are. The, those are things that are not going to change. Doctrine does not change. Preferences change with time and culture. That's why, you know, we, we don't operate the same way that, that maybe churches did from hundreds of years ago. You know, they may have preached the same truths from the scriptures, but the ways that they did things are not the same as what they did uh, all the way back in the days, let's say in the 1700s or the, the 1800s, things like that. Many things that we do today are different. Uh, you know, in, in, in years gone by, um, you know, I, even in my lifetime, I can remember whenever um, a church, if a church took a pew out of the auditorium and put a chair in there, that was considered extreme. I mean, they were just totally just going out the, you know, going, going completely off course. I mean, obviously in my lifetime, I've seen uh, you know, screens become a big thing. And, and I mean, you talk about, I mean, you're just going off the deep end on all of those things. What were those things? Those were preferences. Those were cultural. Things were, times were changing. Um, praise God that we have the comfy seats that we have today. We don't have to sit in a hardwood pew like I did whenever I was a kid. You know, it makes it easier to listen, right? Um, and so, you know, those, those are things. Praise God for the screens. It, hopefully, it helps people to be able to focus. We use it as a tool to be able to learn things. These are preferential things. Um, you know, I've, I've been in services before where the lights went out and we had to preach by candlelight. But I'm thankful for the electricity that we have. I'm thankful that we're able to use lights. I'm, I'm thankful that we have uh, speakers and things like that that we're able to use to help hopefully more clearly communicate what's actually important. Doctrine. Not preference, but doctrine. As we study in Mark chapter number 7, when preferences are elevated to the level of doctrine, it takes away from the power of God's word. In Mark chapter number 7, verse 13, it says, Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such 
like things do ye. So what was he saying there? He said, listen, you've made God's word of no effect. You've taken away from the power of God. It's vital that we discern between doctrine and preference because to elevate preference is to take away from God's word. But on the contrast, to dismiss incorrect doctrine is to compromise on commands of Scripture. So this is why it's so important for us to understand doctrine. Because while on the one hand, if we lump things that are preference and call them doctrine, we thus take away from the power of God's Word. But if we don't know clearly what we believe, the doctrines that we believe, then we are in turn compromising on things that we should take a stand for. Because uh, there are things that we should stand up for. In Romans chapter number 16, uh, Paul talks about this in verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Now listen, that's clear. I mean, that's, that's very strong. Uh, that's, that's strong wording that the Apostle Paul used there. He says, listen, if somebody, he didn't say if they have a different preference than you, then mark them and divide from them. He said, no, 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 if they are preaching a different doctrine, contrary to what you've learned, or contrary to, to the Scripture, then you should mark them, you should avoid them, okay? He, he's very clear about it. We must rightly divide the Word of God, and when someone truly adds to or takes away from the doctrines of the Scriptures, we must not simply go along with it. And that's why we, we wouldn't allow somebody that believes something contrary to the doctrines that we hold to in the Scriptures to come in here and preach from the pulpit. We're not going to give them an opportunity to, to stand up and spread false doctrine, false teachings. That's, that's wrong. That would be something that we wouldn't do. That's, that's part of the reason that we're not going to become ecumenical and, and go and hold hands with maybe some other churches that are in our town that may be good people, but they don't identify the same as what we do whenever it comes to the Word of God and scriptural teaching and things like that. We're not going to go over to the Mormon church and just say, hey, listen, you guys have good families and we're thankful for you. And, hey, let's just hold hands and let's do things together. Why? Because we don't want to give off an uncertain sound. We're going to mark them. Now, we're not going to go over and put a big X on their church, okay? That's not what we're going to do or on the people there. But, and, and we're not going to be rude to them, but we're not going to lump ourselves in with them and say, listen, hey, we all believe that, you know, there's many ways to heaven. No, 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 that's not the way that that works. There are some things, some lines that must be drawn, some things that we must divide over. If we're going to divide about doctrines, then it's important that we know them. That's why it's so important for us to learn doctrine. Not only does, does doctrine, uh, is doctrine under attack, doctrine divides, but thirdly, we see that doctrine challenges us. Doctrine challenges us. This is key. This is so important. Doctrine should challenge us. In, in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 2, the Apostle Paul gives this challenge to Timothy. He says, Timothy, preach the word. Be instant or be ready in season, out of season, he said, Timothy, be ready always to preach the word. Be ready always to proclaim the gospel. And then he says this, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering in doctrine. Doctrine. So in turn, what does that mean? Well, that means that in, in, in preaching, proclaiming doctrine, doctrine should reprove, rebuke, and exhort. 
It should challenge us. So what does reprove mean? It means to convict. Doctrine should convict us, reprove us, conviction. Doctrine will rebuke, it will correct us. It'll take those things that we think that maybe are off, and it'll help us to tune them into being in tune with God's Word and correct them. So it's, it's for uh, reproof, is for con- it will convict, rebuke, will correct, and exhort will encourage. Will encourage. Will, will encourage us to do what's right. Will show us the way to go. I don't know about you, but whenever we study the thing of, of eschatology, uh, as we go through that, what's it? I mean, yes, I mean, it, it, it'll convict me. There might be parts of that'll, that'll correct me, but I think the main thing it does to me is encourages me to go and tell somebody about the gospel because I don't want them to have to stay through the things that are coming when it comes to eschatology. Uh, whenever we, we, we think about the church, I mean, man, when we get into ecclesiology and we talk about the church, there's so many things in there that's so encouraging. There are things in there that convict. There are things in there that correct. And, and so as we go through the doctrines, that's what they should do as we, we study them. Uh, allow the Lord to convict your heart. Allow him to correct your thinking and allow him to encourage you in the right that you're supposed to do. Paul challenged Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 16. He said this, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Doctrine is going to convict, it's going to correct, it's going to encourage, and doctrine is going to help us to be firmly established in the faith. It's going to give us those roots that go deep in what we believe. It's going to help us to be held firm whenever questions may come. We've probably all been in that place before where somebody's asked us a question and we sit back and we're going, oh no, I don't know the answer. Right, and 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 that's okay. We're we're all going to be at those places. It doesn't matter uh, how how long you've been studying the the Bible. There probably always will be times like that. But as much as is possible, we ought to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lieth within us. We ought to be ready to 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 be at that place whenever a question comes that we're we're able to at least know where to search to get the answer to maybe those things that are asked. How sad it is that so many times Christians are saved for years and years and years, and they don't know anything about soteriology, the study of their salvation. They don't know how to even take the the very words that they accepted for their salvation and share them with someone else. And, And so as you study doctrine and as you learn soteriology, what should it do? It should challenge us. It should encourage us, it should convict us, it should help us to understand the truths of the Scripture and understand how we can communicate them to someone else. Uh, Really, doctrine separates all the confusion because there's so many voices, and it really brings us down to what are the most important things. Here are the immovables. Here are the things that won't change. Here are the things we're going to hold fast to. These are the doctrines, and that's what we should hold to. See, we all desire to be the wise men and the wise man in the story that Jesus told. Yet so many end up being the foolish man. And it's all because we don't have a firm foundation in the doctrines. So I'd encourage us, be faithful during our study in the doctrines. But don't just take my word for things as we cover them. This is key. 
We have to study to show ourselves approved. Study them for yourself. Go home afterwards and, and review them and look back over them. And at, 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 you know, As we go into bibliology next week and start into it, and we're probably going to be in it a couple of weeks, as we go through it, go back and review it and look through things and study for yourself, just like those Bereans did in Acts chapter number 17. They're in that last verse there that we're going to look at tonight. Acts 17, verse number 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogues of the Jews. Now speaking of the Bereans, this was their testimony. They were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind. They were hungry to hear the scriptures. They were hungry to learn. They were hungry to, to receive the doctrine. But listen, they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. I don't know about you, but for me to learn, they, they say that the key to learning is repetition. You have to review it. You have to go over it and over it and over it and over it and over it. So why would we think that whenever we come, when it comes to God's Word, and really I think this is a key in our church and a failure in our churches today, um, just we, we have a one-day-a-week mentality where we come to church on Sunday and we hear something and then we think that's good enough for the rest of our lives. But to really grow and to really be established in the faith, it's got to be something that we do more than just one day a week. It's got to be something that we study the scriptures. That's the key, daily, whether the things were so. I mean, sure, Paul may have stood up and preached in the synagogue on the first day of the week on Sunday. Maybe he did, I don't know. Uh, but the rest of the week, they were going back and they were studying what he had preached to make sure what he said was correct. It's amazing. And all the time that I've been the pastor here at Whitehall Baptist Church in two and a half years, I've never once had somebody come up to me and say, did, that, did you really think, or, you know, you said this last week and, and uh, I was looking at it this week and I just wonder, you know, did you see this? It's interesting. Um, now, I mean, like, maybe I'm just that good of a preacher. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is, you know. But I think the reality is it's probably more than likely as people just take the word of the preacher rather than studying things for themselves. And I think that's so important. It's so key for us to actually study the scriptures for ourselves so that we can build upon uh, the rock of the doctrines that Jesus had, the doctrines that Jesus taught, the doctrines of Christ in the word of God that will help us to be firmly established in our daily life. And that's what God desires for us to do. All right.